Coming live from Tampa Bay, Florida, USA is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you're watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Elena Pastore, People Development Strategy. She's a young professional with deep passion and subject matter knowledge on leadership and career development. And we'll be talking about a lot of tips and understanding for everybody in leadership, entrepreneurship, as well as career development. Welcome to the show, Elena. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for your time. So we'll be talking about how to make the ideal resume for these evolving times. You see, the times are such that you have the jobs, you don't have the jobs. Many people do not have, and they are looking for opportunities. And at the same time, there are a lot of people who are part of this great resignation. Mm -hmm. Then they are looking for their way of life. So in these times, everybody wants to talk about, you know, about themselves so that they can reflect their qualities the best so that employers and people who can give them work, they are able to know about them the best from their resume itself. So first, itself, uh, in today's time, <coughs> Elena, sorry, what is a good resume in today's time as per your understanding? Yeah, so a good resume has a couple of main things. The first is that it has to look nice. So even if you may have the best content written on your resume, if it doesn't look nice and it becomes an eyesore, meaning there's too much, too many blocks of text and it's not really organized in a, you know, what the words aren't really organized, then it's going to get overlooked pretty quickly. So you might think aesthetics aren't important. They are because someone needs to want to look at the document and your, or, or your, Words need to be organized. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is the actual content. So again, in order for someone to even read the content of what you have, it has to be attractive looking. So for the, the best content that you can possibly have would be bullet points that show the things that you actually did rather than the things that you're supposed to do. A lot of times people will write their bullet points as if it's a job description I'm tasked with this, I'm responsible for this, but that doesn't really show anything unique about you. So those are the two main things that I would say are the most important in today's age. Okay, okay. And in terms of now, earlier it was that it should be one page, maximum two page. Has it changed? Has it moved towards more towards, you know, uh, different type of text? Is it use of more video images now? How does today's resume look like? What should be the ideal resume in today's time as per your understanding? What's the global trend that is uh, that is right now? Yeah, two pages is okay if you have, I'd say, 10 to 15 years of experience or more. Two pages is okay. However, even still in that case, 
no one wants to read a two-page resume, right? No one wants to look at it. So you have to think, how can I best tell my story and craft my sales pitch in a way that people actually read it and actually get across or actually understand what I want to get across to them? So if you really feel that you can't possibly say everything in one page, two is okay. Although one is still definitely preferred, even if you are going for a really high level position. Right. And what about college students, people coming straight out of college and looking for jobs? Now, how should they approach? It's a different time than I started looking out for job during my time. Now, it's a lot of time has changed. What should be, what should be the way people in today's time when people are out of the college, how should they approach their, uh, their job search? Now, they do have the tools. There are There is LinkedIn, there are other avenues. Mm -hmm. But in terms of resume, in terms of their approach, in terms as you, as you deal to enable people to have the confidence to do what they love. So how mm -hmm. should they approach their resume to be able to do what they love? And how would you enable them? Yeah, college students have a huge opportunity and honestly have to do a little bit more work on their resume in order to articulate to that employer, hey, this is why you should hire me. And that's because so many college students are involved in so many organizations on campus that not any random recruiter or hiring manager will know what it is and what they do with the organizations that they're involved in. So there's a little bit more work for those college students because they have to be really good at talking about the accomplishments that they had in those student organizations on campus and talk about them in the language that employers will understand by using, you know, corporate or business terminology rather than student terminology. So that's the biggest thing is showing that, yes, you are qualified because you've done these things, but you need to speak their language in the way that you talk about them on your resume and in an interview. And then for students that maybe weren't involved with things on campus, well, how can you show that really your most of your time you just spent pursuing your degree and taking your classes? Those students should focus on putting projects or if they had to take specific classes that were really hands-on with their major and putting those as experience and elaborating on those things they did in their classes. And then again, taking the same approach of how can I word it in a way that is going to make sense and going to be a value add to the person that's reading the resume. Okay. Again, how do uh, college students, you know, their leadership experiences in college, they can mm -hmm. be, you know, translated for potential employers and for their employers also. Yes. How do they do that? How do they do that? Yeah. How do they, how that can be utilized for them? Yeah. So, so let's say that um, you have a, I don't know, let's say you have a finance club okay. that, or an investment club. Let's say that you're part of an investment club. Maybe you're a finance major or an accounting major. You're part of an investment club on campus. And let's say that you get real money to invest in companies as part of this club. So if you are just a member in that organization, 
still talk about what the club did as a whole. And if you had an executive position in that organization, obviously you'll want to speak to that and show the hierarchy. If you were started as a member and then you held a position and maybe you became president or, you know, whatever it is. So show the growth and the hierarchy. And when you're using the words to describe the experience, rather than talking about, you know, let's say serving your fellow students in the organization, use the word stakeholders instead of students, because stakeholders is more of a business term. And you want to talk about, let's say, cross-functional collaboration or cross-functional communication. Those are corporate terminology that college students might not necessarily know But that is what employers are posting in their job descriptions on the internet or things like that. Cross-functional communication, collaboration, serving our stakeholders. So those are some ways that when you're talking about those experiences, how you can use certain words and phrases that those employers will be looking for. Does that answer what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This This is fine. Now, in terms of you know, job search, uh, mm-hmm. coming from, uh, now moving on from students. Uh, there are people who are looking for jobs. They have been into jobs for, say, two, three years. But mm-hmm. then they don't have a job or they want to shift, uh, you know, to another place or move to mm-hmm. another place. How you give tips on that, you know, what for, you know, for getting the ideal job for themselves. What would mm-hmm. you suggest? That if, if it's been, say, five months, six months, and they are not able to make a breakthrough, what tips would you like to give them in terms of refining their job search to look at places uh, where they have not been looking for? What, do, what would you tell them? Yeah, there's a lot of things that could be not bringing that person to success. So it could be their resume. Okay. If you are not hitting the items that the ATS is looking for, which is the applicant tracking system, which is the robot that scans and reads your resume when you apply to jobs to tell you if you are a good match for that job. So you may not be hitting those technical things that it's looking for, and that could be why you're not getting invited to the next round. So a couple of things that are important for that include having at least five numbers on your resume, which is why I said previously to show accomplishments and results. And if we can talk about those in a numbers form, that is exactly what the ATS wants to see. So at least five numbers, it wants to make sure that the file name of your resume isn't more than 30 characters. The resume shouldn't be more than a thousand words, which is also why more than two pages would be more than a thousand words. And sometimes even two pages can be 1500 words. So you've got to be really careful with that. And the biggest thing for the ATS besides the numbers is the keywords and phrases. Like I mentioned before, communication, collaboration, strategic thinking. So that could be part of it. Or maybe this candidate is not being successful in their job search because they find that they don't really have a passion or a desire to pursue that job. And sometimes that can show. So oftentimes people will continue to pursue jobs on a specific career path because that's all that they've done their whole career. And they feel they can't do anything else. So they just continue on on the same path, even though they don't really like it. And I think 
that starts to become apparent to the person interviewing you, they can see that you're not really in it, that you don't really want to do that job. So I think that can also be another angle. And there's lots of other reasons as well. I would say those are the top two. Right, right. And talking of resume, which you said that, you know, it can be resume itself. And that's the thing that you interact with when with people whom you don't know, you share with them your resume. Now, mm -hmm. what are the biggest mistakes people generally tend to make on their resumes in your understanding, which they should avoid? If you can spell that out, then people will remember it much more, you know, clearly. Yeah. So as I briefly mentioned earlier, a lot of times people will list their tasks, their duties, and their responsibilities on their resume. Okay. So let's say that you are a, uh, a salesperson, right? And let's say I'm a salesperson. Let's say that we are both selling travel packages to schools. If we both put sells travel packages to schools on our resume, we look the same. You won't know the difference between us as candidates because we have the same thing on our resume. If you said that you sold, let's say, 50 travel packages to 200 participants or 200 travelers, all of a sudden, that gives me so much more detail because that's not just what you're supposed to do, but it's what you actually did. So just putting job tasks tasks and descriptions on a resume means that you're supposed to do it, but we all know people don't always do their job. And even if they do their job, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're good at it. So what's the proof? The proof is those results, those accomplishments, and any of the things that you do that no one else can say. And even just if we put a number to it, your numbers and my numbers are going to be totally different. So that in itself helps. Let's say that you, using that same example, so putting the number of travelers that you worked with, the number of trips that you sold, you can say how much revenue that generated. Again, this is for a salesperson. Let's say we could also uh, mention that you helped train people. That's another really great thing that a lot of people look over. It's an additional responsibility a lot of people are given that they forget to put on their resume. Or let's say you made a suggestion for a new program or you thought of a new way to do something that maybe took a long time and you came up with a faster way to do it or automate it or something like that, right? We have all these great ideas and things that we implement at work and we don't think to put them on our resume because a lot of times they're not part of our normal job description. Those are really the things that are most important and that do make us unique. So I would say to move away from the tasks, responsibilities and duties and move towards the accomplishments, results, what do you do differently than other people? Do you train people? And have you helped improve anything or implement a new idea? Right, right. Now, let me ask you this question. Uh, a mm -hmm. lot of people, their biggest strength is their education. Like mm -hmm. you are a double gator from University of Florida. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that you invest business, business administration, international business and business administration. Now, yeah. a lot of people are well educated. But mm -hmm. say if they work for one year or two years in sales or any other line, then people who are, do not that great background, you are competing with them. And then your resume looks like theirs. 
how do you make your education stand out when you are applying for better jobs how do you get the attention of recruiters or even the even the robots who are looking at into your resume mm-hmm. to you know to to bring them to their attention how does one do that yeah so two things so for the robot the robot needs to see it spelled out your degree so if you have a bachelor of science degree you can't put bs you have to spell out bachelor of science because otherwise it doesn't know what bs is or okay. even mba you have to spell it out every single degree spell it out so that's the first thing second thing to get the recruiter's attention you can do a couple of things with the formatting and the aesthetics so you can move your education either to the top or just above your professional experience so that it's it's one of the first things that they see and then you can also bold so if you want to highlight the college or university or institution you went to i would bold that and then leave your degree in regular font or vice versa let's say you have a phd or you have a really niche or a really impressive degree and you'd rather highlight the degree rather than the university or the school then i would say to bold that so bold what you want to stand out and then move it on the resume to a place where you feel it's one of the first things they see so it doesn't get overlooked okay okay now moving towards people uh, who are 40 plus a lot mm-hmm. of people you know within the job system they start ignoring people who are above 40 and that's the time their families need them the most that income is needed uh, for them to you know plan out the later mm-hmm. part of their lives and so much so many bills to pay so people need to be in jobs how mm-hmm. do they plan out their strategy in terms of if they have lost their job how do they start start search for a job if at all if they have to look at different industries how do they plan out their uh, you know resume or in fact their job search altogether what are the best options available for people who want to make uh, move on to a better job or they have to look for a job itself how do they do that yeah so a few things here if you are 40 and you've been in the job world you've had a job for almost 20 years you have a whole lot of great experience that you can call on so you could take a couple of approaches the first one is to definitely remove any dates greater than 15 years from the resume okay. so let's say you're 40 the first job you had out of college do not put the dates on that job and so it doesn't look funny that all of your jobs are formatted one way with the dates and then all of a sudden we have another job that looks the same and doesn't have the dates we want to reformat it a little bit differently so you can put a subsection and call it additional previous experience and then you can list um older jobs just by themselves with the title the company in the location of that job and not put any bullet points 
so that the formatting is again different and it looks like you are intentional with leaving off the dates rather than looking like you're trying to hide something. So right. remove the dates and format it so that it still looks smooth and consistent and it reads well. The second thing is you could switch to a functional format if let's say you have all this experience and you want to go back to doing something that you did maybe at the beginning of your career. So you want to do something that you did at the beginning of the year. Let's say it's training HR and you haven't done that in 10 years, but you have a lot of experience in that. So then I would say, okay, put that at the top and just put a section that says training and HR experience and list all of those bullet points and then put all of the titles of each of the jobs at the bottom so that you can do a good job at only putting what's relevant on the resume and still having the jobs, just putting them at the bottom so that again, we can leave the dates off and still make sure that out of all of our job history, we only give this recruiter the information that they need to know about us. Okay. Okay. Now, coming to the upskilling part. Everybody is now trying to learn something or the other. When mm -hmm. is the time, especially for students? Now, is it that all the time you need to do some certificate course from wherever you can? Is that a requirement? Is there a time you should start upskilling in terms of learning th new things? Or is it that you start from day one? And at every stage, how does this upskilling work? For whom is it necessary? And when is it necessary? Because mm -hmm. if you keep on doing courses and some people have 20, 30 courses, I don't know how to look at it, but how do you look at it from a career perspective? Yeah, so I would say some companies do a better job than others at making sure their employees are upskilling and always learning. So if you're at a company where your company is making sure and taking care of you in that sense, that you don't really have to put an effort outside of your day-to-day -day job, they're just putting new things in your, on your plate for you to learn. And I would say that's great and continue to do that. And that will allow you to advance in your career and make sure that you are taking note of the things that you're learning and putting on your resume, again, what you've been able to do better as a result of learning those things. If you are not at a company where that is the case, then I would say to be intentional about the certifications or the courses you're taking to make sure that they're aligned with where you wanna go. So think about what is my next move? Is it a promotion? Is it a lateral move? Is it switching careers entirely? And think about what am I lacking the most to get to that next place? And how can I make myself more qualified? And that's how you should decide what courses or educational opportunities to pursue. With putting it on your resume, again, follow the same case. You can only have a thousand words. You should try to have one page if possible. So even if you have 20 certifications, you might only wanna put the top five or the top three that are the most relevant for what you want to do in the future. It doesn't matter if it's been really relevant now or if it was really relevant five years ago. We only care about how it's going to help you move forward. And that's how you should make those decisions with education.
Okay, and and on LinkedIn, how many should they put? Because people download the LinkedIn profiles and uh, use it for recruitment purposes. So how does it work there? So I would say on LinkedIn, since it's there's no limit, I would say to put. I think you can put all of them. I mean, unless you really have a crazy amount of certifications and courses, then I would still say to limit it to maybe the top 10 or 15. Um, if you feel that you still use them all, then I would say to put them all, again, with a, re a reasonable amount. And if you have some that are totally not relevant at all, then I would say to delete them. And I would say, you know, do not. <laughs> use the LinkedIn download resume and submit that for a job because it really is not the best representation you can create of yourself. If you make a resume yourself, it can be much more tailored and be a much better sales pitch. I think it's a great place to start if you don't have a resume and it's a good guide. I would just not submit that to an employer. And I know a lot of people do. So, right, right. Now coming to personal development, because once you have gotten the job or you are trying to, you know, better your lives, how do you look at personal development? Because there is a lot of stress in uh, stress at workplaces and leadership. If you are in a leadership role or somebody else is and you have to report to them, how do you ensure that you are developing and you are having a life which is stress free? How should employees look at that that is really hard because it's going to look different for each person so okay. for me i have things that i enjoy doing to improve myself and to be a better person and also just for fun things that i do so i also am single i'm not married i mean i don't have kids I, you know, don't have really other responsibilities to take care of anyone except for myself. So I have a whole lot more time than maybe a lot of other people do. So I would say whatever it looks like for you, personal development, whether it is taking a course, whether it is having a mentor or having a coach or having someone to guide you in your career or anything else that you feel helps you process what you're going through and help you get to the next level of your professional life execute on whatever that is and if you may have friends or coworkers or other peers that are doing certain things that you feel wouldn't work for you don't feel pressured to have to do those things just because they work for someone else so whether it's learning more with a course or whether it's just having a trusted advisor to confide in, I think any of those are great methods of professional and sorry, personal development and ways to better yourself. Right, right. And if uh, suppose uh, somebody, as you said, uh, enable people to have the confidence to do what they love. So my last question to you, Elena, is that when you take up a job, sometimes you need it because you need it or you need mm -hmm. to be in the workforce. But how do they actually realize early on what is it exactly that they love and move towards only in that line? Otherwise, people regret, have lots of regrets. And then later stages, they realize 
that they it has been a wasted time in different jobs which they did not which they loved for various other purposes but not for actually loving them how does it work what would you suggest i know it's a difficult question but what would you suggest for them for people here yeah it's it's a lot of people's reality what you just said it happens to so many people and i see it in so many of my clients and the thing that i would say is it's not wasted until you decide to perpetuate your negative situation so your time isn't wasted doing things that you realize you don't like only if you continue down that path so once you come to that realization you need to act on it and how can people come to that realization don't ignore either the voice in your head or that feeling that i don't know if this is right for me because before it's in your face and you really are discontent with what you're doing it's a small whisper and so don't ignore the small whisper even if you just accept a job and you realize 2 weeks in this is not for me but i have to wait a year because it looks bad if i don't wait a year you're perpetuating something that you know is going to not make you happy and be unfulfilling and then you won't really be motivated to do a good job either so no one is winning in that sense so don't feel that you have to satisfy specific expectations with length of time in a career or in a position because you feel like you can't do something else so say do i really like this or am i doing this because i'm good at it that's another thing sometimes people do things because they're good at it but they don't really like it So I would just question everything that you do at work. Do I really enjoy this? And then the next task, do I really enjoy this? And sometimes you really have to be introspective to realize that maybe you don't and then try to focus on how can I get more of what I do like and then narrow my search on a job that only includes the thing that I that I do like and none of the things that I don't like or don't want to be doing. Right. Right. Right, Elena, you have uh given some great tips you have shared some great inputs on how one can look at upskilling how they can plan their resume how they can do their job search now if people want to get to understand more about this and they want to connect with you take your help take your services how do they do that how do they connect with you yes so you can find me on linkedin with my name just spelled just like that um or you can email me it is elena@elenapastori.com again spelling is right there so i am always on top of both of those platforms email and linkedin and i am happy to further chat in any way that you see fit right right i'll also try and add the uh things on youtube description so that you know youtube notes Perfect. so that they can find it easily so Great. with that right so that that so thank you very much for all the all the learning all the inputs and i'm sure it will be a great help to a lot of people a lot of insights you know the world is changing and every day the requirements are also changing and to uh, you know to attract people's attention especially those of the recruiters your resume is the first thing that should strike so that should be a good one so definitely So thank you very much for joining us with this it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass live
थैंक यू वंस अगेन